a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Jesus does not lie. And he told me, you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He told me, this is my blood shed for you. He told me, whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. And I've heard the Lord's voice in the absolution forgiven. He's, he's told me that he, uh, that he loves the world, that he died for the world, that he shed his blood to save me and forgive me. He said it, and he doesn't lie. Those sins which we're supposed to be conquering have been conquered, not by our striving to overcome them, but have they been conquered by the death of Jesus. Those sins, even those pet sins that we're supposed to overcome, even the, the sins that we keep coming back to, those have been crucified with Christ. Uh, and now uh, sanctification is, is putting to death the old, the old Adam, the old flesh, by confessing our sins. I wasn't paying attention to what you just said. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading Facebook statuses. Welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Time for the theme music showdown. Uh, here on Table Talk yeah, Radio. Yeah, finally. <laughs> Get rid of that old thing. <laughs> Out with the old, in with the new. Uh, yes. Namely mine. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll let the listeners decide that. Uh, so in case you uh, haven't been listening... What if there's a tie? What if one listener votes one way and the other <laughs> listener votes the other way? <laughs> we'll have a, we'll have a, uh, a showdown. We'll, we'll uh, have to do another Iron Preacher to determine. We can ask the, yeah, the, <laughs> the other... The other cool thing about this is not only um, does the most votes for the theme music w- get their theme music played on the show, and not only uh, that, but also the Table Talk Radio Points uh, prize. Was it one million Table Talk Radio Points? In addition to I these wonderful prizes, the winner also gets to prepare the bump music for every show thereafter. Uh, and so that <laughs> is just really nice. Oh, yeah. Because I, I prepared mine, and I said, oh, Evan's going to have to clean this up. I was doing all sorts of stuff I'd never even seen and heard of before. It was like a mouse was all this keyboard. audio stuff. I had to turn the monitor I know, on. I know. I asked everyone on Facebook, anyone ever prepared a bump for a radio? <laughs> he sent over to Wilkin. Wilkin did it for him. I need help. <laughs> All right, well, that is, that's what we're doing in the first segment of the show. And then we're going to be answering a couple of your emails sent to questions at tabletalkradio.org and then finishing up the show with which ladder. Uh, so a solid Table Talk Radio lineup today, but first we have to start off the show with some buzzwords. Uh, Pastor, do you have a buzzword? Uh, yeah, I do. Antichrist. That's my buzzword. Do we have that? Uh, have we had that before? I can tell you right now because I'm looking for a buzzword as we speak. Um, yes, we have had it before, but go on, tell us How again. do we define it then? Well, let's see how close you get to our definition. So Antichrist is the, um, is the office uh, of the supreme false teacher uh, that the Scripture warns us about. Uh, so we have the, uh, Paul warning the church in Thessalonica that there would be, at the end of time, one who would present himself in the temple of God and stand in the place of God. And that's what Antichrist means. It means uh, not only against Christ, but also in the place of Christ. Uh, Paul, uh, uh, John warns in his epistles that the Antichrist was coming, and indeed many Antichrists already have come, and uh, uh, and this um, 
uh, is uh, seen in that the the one who teaches that Jesus has not come in the flesh is the Antichrist. So he, he not only stands in the place of um, of God, but he also then teaches against Christ. And our Lutheran confessions have identified uh, the Pope, who says that he is the vicar of Christ on earth, uh, to be Antichrist, to sit in the office of the Antichrist, as well as Mohammed is also identified as being uh, an Antichrist, one who stands in the place of Christ and teaches against the gospel. Okay, I want you to play real quickly, answer the question as... Uh, so answer the question at answer the question. What is the Antichrist? As Tim LaHaye. Uh, what's the guy? Uh, the guy who's the prime minister of Spain? That's who the Antichrist is. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be the president of the European Union, which I think they're having a bunch of trouble because isn't that Blair, the old guy in England, is the uh, head of the European Union now? And they're like, how can Blair be the Antichrist? Because he was all in favor of the of the wars that uh, President Bush was fighting. So but it's wouldn't, be a great the, wouldn't even not only the, the identification of the Antichrist be different, but even the theology of the Antichrist be different? Oh, yeah. So it's a political thing, not a theological thing. So the, Tim LaHaye understands the Antichrist as a political office uh, rather than, uh, like uh, Paul writes to the Thessalonians, uh, in the church. All right, yes. And that, by the way, is uh, pretty good, pretty close to our, our working definition already at tabletalkradio.org under the buzzwords tab. It says, from the Greek, literally, in the place of Christ. This is also what is spoken of in Second Thessalonians as the man of lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Good. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, Pantheism, uh, and pantheism is the belief that God is in everything. Simple enough. <laughs> All right. Got it. Pantheism. So we have now, our... The way this works, by the way, dear listener, who's tuning in for the first time, is we try to work these buzzwords into the conversation and get awarded fake points uh, if we do it. Wait. The points are fake? Yeah. Sorry <sighs> to disappoint. I didn't know that. All right. Okay, so it's time for the the theme music showdown, and uh, so uh, we're we're both gonna play our, our theme music. Um, Pastor Wolfman will go first, and I will play mine. Uh, now, if you want to vote, uh, the only valid ways of of voting here are by calling our toll free number one eight hundred three eight five SOLA, uh, and pressing number two for the for the comments or, or or questions there, or you can email us at questions at tabletalkradio.org. Those are the only valid ways to vote for this. Or you can also note it on Facebook. No, 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 that doesn't count, because that can't be validated by all participants. It can be. I can send you a screenshot. Don't worry. (laughs) Facebook counts. Don't worry, No, 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 Facebook does not count. Don't worry, Facebook If you vote on Facebook, it does not count. See how afraid he is of the new technology? (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, I got 40 votes on on Facebook. Now, no, you're lying, because we don't have 40, 40 listeners. 40 votes on Facebook is way low. I'm just <laughs> right. saying. Yeah. Matt, I, think I've, I think my soundbite already has about 100 votes on Facebook. We haven't even played it yet. <laughs> just saying. I'll have to take your word for it because I can't log in and validate. So, uh, Okay, well, here it is. Here's Pastor Wolfmuller's theme song, and you can vote for it if you think it is. Uh, it should be the new Table Talk Radio theme song. Ready. It's for freedom that yeah. Christ set us free. And the church is the play, is the house of that freedom. We have God's promises that our sins are forgiven. And that word, that, that very promise, creates, creates faith that our sins are really forgiven. 
There is no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Yeah. Hey, that was awesome. Hey, uh, do you want to go ahead and play the rest? It's just this is where you talk it, over the it, fade it out. Seem, it seemed to have been cut off. I don't think we got the second half of that. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go on and on forever and ever. How many? It started to fade out. The awesome riff there started to fade out at what? The 32 seconds, I think. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Now, if that, uh, if you want that sound to be the new sound of Table Talker Radio, give us a call 1-800-385-SOLA. Uh, 1-800-385-7652, press option 2, and let us know that Pastor Wolfmuller's theme music is your choice for the Table Talk Radio sound. Or you can uh, send us email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. And now it's time to hear my choice for the new Table Talk Radio theme music. <laughs> A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously. Without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. To see, to see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself in, in the flesh and blood of Jesus. And he uses that, those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and, and his death, he uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed, we were adopted as sons of God. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? All right, so that could be the new new sound of Table Talk Radio. It's no fun. That's the same one. I was ready for your um. I, I was totally ready for your uh, 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 Muppets song. Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint. I was. I even found out what it was, but I decided not to u- use it. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. That was my plan. Mm-hmm. You fell right into nah, my nah, trap. So, uh, if you want that to be the new sound of Table Talk Radio, or rather continue it to be the sound of Table Talk Radio, you can call 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio. Here you are just kind of politically banking on the fact that Lutherans don't like change. <laughs> I spent, I spent uh, four, four or five weeks looking for the most awesome of all riffs and found it. Superstitious. Really? Why didn't you send it to me? <laughs> I don't think that That's people want to hear hear the soundbite of Jack Black week after week after week. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. There's no charge <laughs> oh, for Lord. awesomeness. Oh yeah. Then your little thing too. <laughs> Ready. I don't even remember that soundbite. I remember that one, but the soundbite that you had for your voice. I don't remember you saying that in the air. I think you just recorded that. I need to think of something good to say for the for the opening. True. All right. Table Talk Radio coming your way after this break. We answer some of your emails. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Serious theology. 
Seriously bad hosts. Does your church have a worship service? Then you'll love the Institute on Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music coming up in Seward, Nebraska this summer, July 28th through 31st. Uh, there's some good keynote speakers, including Dr. Kleinig, Paul Solak, and there's about a bajillion seminars and workshops and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, President Harrison's going to be there, the guys at Issues Etc., the other Lutheran radio show are going to be there. I'm going to be there hanging out. So if you want, you should come to this thing. So lcms.org slash events slash worship institute, and you can find it and register now. So uh, comfort, comfort ye my people, the 2014 Institute on Liturgy, Preaching, and Church Music. I'm the entertainer, and I know just where I stand. Another serenader, and another long-haired band. Today I am your champion. I may have won your hearts, but I know the game. You forget my name, and I won't be here in another year if I don't stay on the charts. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. In this next segment of the program, we're going to be talking about uh, I got what praise songs and emotional manipulation, and maybe if we have time to do a, a mini crunch of a praise song. Uh, but Pastor Wolfmiller, you've been on this harangue lately. What's what's going on? I'm absolutely you know, Wolf. I've got I've given myself the new nickname. I've thrown aside all the other accolades that you toss at me so freely, Evan. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, they, uh, they 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 feel like wine bull rider. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what else am I? I can't remember. I can't remember and them I'm all either. Up. They're just too <laughs> numerous. <laughs> I'm taking on the nickname Wolf the Mystic Hunter because I am just on this massive harangue. So now I'm listening to this praise song the other day. I was I was listening to it live. I was at a praise service, and they were um, and they were talking about, they were singing about what all the praise songs sing about, and named how they had seen God. And this just really makes me uh, upset. And so I thought of a strategy now. I'm going to start talking to these people. And it's and it's from this movie Elf. So I was asking if you've seen this and you pulled up the audio. When when the, this movie Elf, this, it's um, Will Ferrell and he's an elf and he comes down and he's looking for his dad. And uh, and he's working in this mall as an elf. And uh, and the and the manager announces that Santa's going to come and he just goes crazy. So you have it? Yep, here we go. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming in town. Santa! Oh, my God! <laughs> Santa here? I know him. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah! Keep... <laughs> okay. So now, so this is, what, this is what I think our strategy should be. Whenever anyone in the praise song, in the praise band is up there, and they sing, and they sing like this, they're going to say... I saw God. And we should say, what? You you saw God? Oh, I can't believe it. I, my, my whole life I've been dreaming about seeing God face to face. And you, what did he look like? I can't believe it. That's so amazing. And we should just go. And they look at you and they'll be like, what, what's wrong with this guy? He's crazy. Like, well, you just told me that you saw God. And they say, I did? Yeah, yeah, you were singing. I saw God over and over. You had your guitar, you were bopping back and forth, and you said it like nothing was to go. I saw God. Yeah, it was great. I looked at him, and he looked at me, and our eyes met, and it was so great. What was that like? I mean, the Christian's dream is to see God, and you've seen him. It's amazing. And then they, what, so what are the, what's the praise person? What do you, so what do you think about that strategy? The praise person will be like this. Well, I don't even know what you're talking about. He'll guy. be about you're... like like the manager in the movie Elf. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like, all right, whatever. Uh, he's gonna take pictures with the kids. I mean, well, I I mean when I and they'd say, well, when I sang about how I saw God, I didn't really mean that I saw him. Oh, 
what 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 did you mean when you said I saw God? <laughs> and then and now and now we're getting to the heart of the problem of the mystic is that it's not about something real, it's about something spiritual. So what does the praise song mean when it says I saw God? It means that I had some sort of internal experience in my feelings about God being present. Oh, well, why, why don't you sing about that? Because that's not nearly as exciting. <laughs> I mean, I, I had some sort of internal feel. Well, so what? I mean, I've already stopped worshiping your feelings like you do. We've we've given up the idolatry of feelings. Last That was last week's show, wasn't it? Yes. So now it doesn't trouble me. But to see God, I mean, this is quite, a, to, uh, you know, I mean, in the in the, in the the Bible, this is quite a big deal, isn't it? To see the Lord. I mean, every time mm. someone sees the Lord, they just about get toasted. Uh, it's the amazing thing that Jesus comes Jesus comes hidden in flesh so that he doesn't just fry our eyeballs. I mean, you know, make our brains melt when we see him because no one can see God and live. That's what the scripture says. And yet here we go around glibly singing about how I saw God. So I, I think we ought to treat that statement, that try to treat it seriously like a Christian would treat it and say, that's incredible that you saw God. What was it like? I can't believe you lived. You must be sinless. And then see what the praise gurus say. What do you think? Uh, that'd be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, th- this is a new this is a new Table Talk Radio project. If you uh, take this on, we we want if you get a video of it, that'd be great. Um, just send it to us. Questions no, no, at tabletalkradio.org. Right. So you're there in the audience. Your hands are raised up, and someone says, "I saw God," and you say, "Wow, that's amazing! Stop the song. Tell us about that. That's great." <laughs> I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know. Right. <laughs> um, did you want to do? Santa's coming. <laughs> okay. Do you want to? Do you want to do a mini crunch here then? Yeah, or? let's crunch away. I'm I'm all fired up for it. My okay. As, th- as this song plays, uh, go to our website tabletalkradio.org and uh, download the under the articles tab the praise song cruncher criteria. This is a song "Pour Out My Heart" by a by a band. <laughs> Everybody duck. Everybody duck is probably about right. Once again, I pour out my heart for I know that you hear every cry. You are listening, no matter what state my heart is, and you are faithful to answer. Words that are true and the hope that is real as I feel your touch. You felt the touch of God? What was that like? In the safety of this place, longing to pour out my. I think that if you've been touched by God, you'd have more something more interesting to sing about than your kind of flea bag, maggot-filled heart. <laughs> I think you know. Look, this is a, I. I want to try. Here's another experiment that I want to try. Not just with this is not just with the praise band, but this is with any sort of Arminian's type. I want to bring a bit. I took out the garbage today. And uh, and part of the garbage you don't know about this, Evan, but uh, diapers, <laughs> dirty diapers. Uh, 
will ferment, you know. They'll, I mean, they'll be smelly when they start, but they get smellier. So by the end of the week, you know, you open up the little the diaper pail and, oh, boy, that's a, just a lovely. <sighs> it just wakes you right up, you know. And, and I want to go I, to these guys. I'm really missing out here. Oh, man. You just put a... Now I'm, now I'm in a hurry. You could smell it through the radio. You have to put a bow on one of these ripe, dirty diapers and give it to them. And be like, hey, hey, look at this. You know, it's actually just a gift for you, you know? All these guys that think giving God their heart is such a great deal, you know? Say, hey, hey, take this diaper, you know? This is this is exactly what you're doing when you're giving God your heart. I mean, haven't you ever read what the Bible says about your heart? It's wicked above all things. It's full of, you know, a filthy uncleanness. Well, here, here's a diaper, you know? Why don't you frame it, you know? Put it on your dining room table. It's disgusting. Oh, this arrogance to think that our heart is so fantastically great. I mean, oh, what a mess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jesus, yes, no, and if yes, in name or concept. I don't know. Is it in there? I didn't see. I was nope. Zero, zero, Jesus. All right, that's not a good start. Okay, the next question: Clarity is the song clear? Does it use sentences with subject, verb, and object, or sentence fragments? Ten, uh, very clear. One obscure. Uh, what do you think here? Pour out my heart to say I need you. Pour out my heart to say that. That's not a sentence. This is a. This is not. You are faithful to answer with words that are true and a hope that's real. I feel your touch. That's amazing. Do <laughs> you bring a freedom that's all uh, to all that's within? What the, what the heck? This is unclear. I hope it's unclear because I don't want it to mean what it says it means. So <laughs> I'd put this high on the unclear, uh, whatever that is, three or seven or two or eight, something, whatever it is. Uh, let's see. Two would be obscure. And then mysticism. Ten objective, one subjective. If ever, As soon as you feel the touch of the Lord, you're just totally into the mystic business. <laughs> okay. You're, you're, you're sold out mystic. What about law and or gospel? Is there any of that in there? No. No? Do you see it? Um, you bring a freedom. I mean, words like this. With words that are true and a hope that is real, which is more than we can say for this song. <laughs> But you so, so you use words like freedom, that's a that's a gospel kind of word. But now it's me pouring out my heart to say that I need you, to say that I love you, to say that I'm thankful, to say that you're wonderful. This is just flat out. What are we doing, law and gospel? No law gospel. Yeah, I mean this this whole language of pouring out your heart is just centered on the mysticism, right? So I mean this is yeah, language yeah. that's going to try and provoke that kind of emotional response. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, last yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, I'm gushing. That's what it means to pour out your heart. I'm gushing. Look, some of people like you have kind of a gushing personality, not me, Evan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get that a lot. Uh, number five. You're so sentimental and sappy. <laughs> is there any explicit false teaching? Well, if it's tr is it true or false that he's been touched by God, that he's felt the Lord's touch? That is false. Well, then it's false doctrine. Okay. Which, But remember, I mean, there's no frill. I mean, there's no teaching here. That mysticism is anti-teaching. Mysticism is anti-doctrine. A bit mysticism of... is anti-Jesus, by the way, also. Mysticism is bad. If anyone was wondering about that, <laughs> let's just make sure we're clear on the fact that mysticism is bad. It's da it's spiritually dangerous. Now, here, I have to stand here. Well, we, I'll put you in this, too. We right. have to stand here and act like jerks because everyone's like, oh, this is just so nice. And the kids like to sing and whatever. No, this is spiritually dangerous. It's poison. Yes, it is. 
Um, a little bit of Gnosticism in there too. If you can, you know, talk about feeling God without, you know, there being any physical aspect there. So they're just talking yeah. about spiritual realms. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, that's that is a super crunch or a mini crunch on Table Talker Radio. After we get back from this break, we're gonna be playing Ten Commandments: The News with Pastor Warren Graff. Don't go away. This is Dr. Carl Fikencher, professor at Concordia Theological Seminary. Table Talk Radio is the best radio program ever. Okay, I said it. Now will you let me go? O oh Lord, give us the powers of your Holy Spirit such that we may truly meta- be metamorphosed and so reshapen in our hearts, Jesus, that you establish your own form within us, and henceforth we do not live, but you live in us. Yeah, I was just thinking, I almost picked metamorphosed as your theological buzzer, and I was glad I didn't because you would have <laughs> nailed it right there. <laughs> and uh, We doc- have the guest that that is August Herman Franca. Dr. Rast has guessed August Herman Franca for that. And you, Evan, have to decide if that is the theologian that spoke those words or not. You know, I was the whole time, you know, when, when Dr. Rast was, was fumbling around with these theologians, I was thinking uh, Franca the whole time. So I'm going to agree with Dr. Rast. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh-huh. It is August Herman Franca. Boy, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, that's terrific. <laughs> well, don't worry, Dr. Yeah, the Rast. reason why maybe these theologians are so important is because uh, is really they uh, 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 define the modern religion that we have today. There's a there's a pietism that's just incessant in American religion yeah. that is emphasizing growth in in spirituality or growth in good works over uh, right doctrine. And uh, it's important that we know where this comes from and, and that we also know how to address it spiritually. Simply to say, the very most important thing, the thing that makes Christians Christians, is the death of Jesus for us uh, uh, and this external word that comes to us mm-hmm. in the promise. So uh, it's good to have these theologians there and to be able to identify them. So nice work, Evan. 400 points. <laughs> 400 points for Evan. That's terrific. Well, don't worry, Dr. Rast. This is your turn to, to get points when we probably answer the question <laughs> as. And uh, this part of the game, we have six theologians. I'll read them off. Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Wesley, Charles Finney, Billy Graham, and Joel Osteen. And the six questions to be asked is, how do you know you're a Christian? What is the gospel? What are your church services like? And what is the main focus? Uh, what has been a major event in your life? What is baptism and what is the Lord's Supper? And how this works is is Pastor Wolfmiller and I have the Urm and Thurm here, our, <laughs> our, our digital Urm and Thurm. And <laughs> we will roll the dice for the question and theologian, and, and our honored guest, Dr. Rast, will, will uh, answer them according to that theologian for Table Talk Radio Points. All right. Now so we need our addendum that this is not to be played at home. This is a dangerous game. Uh, you don't want to... You don't want to let the kids loose on this game. We haven't included it in the Table Talk Radio home version because answer the question as is only for trained expert theologians. Don't try this like Doctor Rast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I will read. Or excuse oh, me. I will roll the dice for the question, and then uh, 
Pastor why, why do I expect really bad things to happen right about now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> okay, well, here it is. I'm going to roll, and uh, I got a four, and the question is, what has been a major event in your life? And I'm rolling here, and the number is two, uh, John Calvin. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Well, I've had a lot of major events <laughs> in my life. Um, God. Uh, I love this game. This I, is great. <laughs> I love it just because we get to hear people talk in the first person. As, yeah. as figures I, I, it's hard just to reduce myself to one because uh, the, the major event in my life has been the fact that God has predestined me to salvation, I think. <laughs> uh, Classic. That's all that needs to be said in that so the major event in your life happened before the even the creation of the world. That's I love it. That's right. <laughs> oh, and, and 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 along the minor events that or, or supporting events that come along with that then are my are my reformatory work in uh, uh, Geneva, where something pretty important happened to me. I was you know I was fleeing France after uh, uh, really moving towards the evangelical confession, uh, having been influenced by Luther. In fact, in 1536, when I wrote the first edition of the Institutes of the Christian Religion, I kind of modeled them on Luther's uh, 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 small catechism and uh, really took that as my cue. Uh, but the event that occurred as I was leaving France, uh, as I was passing through Geneva, Switzerland, uh, I was confronted by people who were also interested in the evangelical witness, and they told me that they wanted me to stay and teach them and really, I had intended to move on from there. So they told me that if uh, if I didn't stay in Geneva, God would hate me. And that really wouldn't do my election very much good, so I thought I'd better stay. I thought that might be an important witness or, or mark uh, as to something I should, uh, should uh, do. So that got me stuck there. And, I mean, that allowed me to serve in Geneva. And uh, I served there uh, for many, many years until my death. Uh, Revising uh, my book, the Institutes, uh, taking a, it really took on a new kind of form. It no longer reflected Luther's small catechism, but came to uh, reflect my own theological convictions. Uh, and and I really do have to say, even though I I know that uh, decree is uh, is of extreme importance, it's really my followers who run that out fully in terms of uh, making that the dominant theme within the Reformed tradition. But if you read my final edition of the Institutes from 1559, you'll see you'll see that that it's there. So, yep. Do you do you approve of of what your followers have done with your works? I think they might have overdone it, uh, but uh, uh, in in bringing uh, the doctrine of election to the forefront, I treated it much later in my my uh, systematic theology, uh, so that it could at least function for Christians as something of a comfort, even though there was always that question uh, that kind of circulated around it. But my followers made it uh, dominate everything in the Reformed tradition. They thought they were being more consistent than I was, but, uh, uh, you know, hey, I'm French. What do you expect? Do you want <laughs> consistency? Give me a break. <laughs> All right. I, I, <laughs> I'm gonna, I surrender. <laughs> <laughs> I need to uh, award Dr. Rash with some points for that one. I'm going to hit the random number generator, and you get 343 points for that answer. All right. So already you're just not far behind me. Okay. 
<laughs> All right, let's play this again. All right. the question as I'm going to roll the dice here, and I rolled a number four again. What has been the major event in your yeah. life? All right, and I rolled a number six. That's Joel Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel, what has been a major event in your life? Well, as I wrote about, I can't remember if it was in my first or my second both, both of which were enormous bestsellers. Uh, those, uh, and which would make them something of a major event in my life in the first place. Uh, as I wrote in one of those books, uh, there was a time that I was going to the mall, and it was raining, and I prayed to God that he would open up a parking space for me right by the entrance to the mall, and he did it. So if you had enough faith, you would have a God who opened up parking spaces for you, too. It was in my first book. It was in my first book. After that, uh, after that, probably the fact that uh, uh, stepping out in, in profound faith once again, my uh, congregation and I were able to take over the Compact Center in uh, Houston, and uh, from that uh, from that uh, place uh, have an enormous impact in terms of uh, gathering people together for worship services and then uh, uh, having the television show that goes out throughout all the world. Those are some pretty big events in my life. I think Joel, a seminarian gig line, doesn't have the um, uh, doesn't have this kind of faith. He's been praying for someone to <laughs> please, please call our "Who Wants to Date a Seminarian" hotline, but no one has called you. Well, Indicating I, a lack. I haven't of faith. tried the Joel Osteen way. I think I might. You know. All right. Well, I, I'm just going to give you 500 points off the bat for that one because that was. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. 843. We have a couple minutes left. Let's let's do it again. I'm going to roll the dice here, and uh, let's see what I get. I get a two. That is, what is the gospel? And answer this question as? Number three, John Wesley. Oh, very good. Well, um, one of the things I've noticed in, uh, in my own life is the, uh, is the real uncertainty and, and, and difficulties that I've experienced in my own trek to determining whether or not I'm a Christian. And... Uh, even having grown up in a clergy household, my father was a priest of the Church of England, although he at times was a bit nonconformist and would get himself into a bit of trouble. Uh, one of the things I've, I've struggled with would really be the better way to put it uh, is the, the question of whether or not I'm truly a Christian and whether or not I'm really saved and whether or not I really understand and believe the gospel fully. In fact, during my, uh, my days as a student at Oxford University, I and a, a number of my friends got together and uh, formed our a little Methodistic society, a holy club, in which we encouraged one another towards uh, living a life worthy of the calling of a Christian. But even with all that, I still just wasn't sure. And it just got worse for me. Uh, in the, in the mid-1730s, I went to Georgia. I went from England to Georgia. And on, the, on, on board ship during this trip, I was confronted with a group of people known as Moravians or Hernhutians or uh, Unit, the members of the Unitas Fratrum uh, or Zinzendorfians. You hear all these different names. These are folks with German background uh, influenced by the, uh, the, the great Count Ludwig von Zinzendorf uh, who uh, emphasized that really all we need to truly be Christians is to, be, is to find our place in the wounds and blood of Jesus. Find our place in the wounds and be covered with the blood of Jesus. 
but I didn't know if this applied to me or not, and, and lived in abject terror and fear over God's judgment over against me. Uh, so when we're on board ship, here are these Moravians who, are, who, who seemingly don't have a care in the world, uh, even in the face of, of a number of terrific storms. In fact, in one storm blew up, it was so bad, we were all certain the boat was going to sink. And I'm, I'm terrified of the imminent judgment of God that will find me likely cast into hell. And here are these Moravians on board ships singing hymns with one another and looking forward to their imminent uh, uh, in gathering into the arms of Jesus. And I wonder, what do these folks have that, that I don't have? And let's, let's find out the answer to that question from John Wesley himself. Right at this commercial break, we're going to find out what happened. Don't go away. More people talk for you after. Don't ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talker Radio. We are playing Name That Church Body, and uh, this is where we find uh, some confessions or statement of beliefs on, on churches' websites and then read them and, and have to determine which one it is, try and guess which one it is. Uh, Pastor has had some pretty kooky clues so far, and uh, he's trying to figure this out. I gave you three, but I'm going to give you more. Yeah, um, I need more. I mean, this is this is a far-out sort of thing, uh, what you found. That's in your normal looking through the Internet. You find all this craziness. <laughs> Uh, so what, what, what? Okay, I I read some of them. So so far we have the eschatology, which says that uh, the 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 soul leaves the body and draws closer to God. We had the idea that all the names for God, Allah, uh, the the Lord, etc., are all the same sort of thing. Um, what else did we have? Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, so we had some Gnosticism. We had uh, so so this certainly there's a strong Gnostic influence, a strong dualistic influence. There's also a non-doctrinal influence, kind of all roads lead to heaven sort of thing. So I, the things I've thrown out there are uh, Mormonism, Scientology, and Unitarianism, uh, the uh, Universalist Church. But I, I I but I just cannot pen it down. I even kind of boarded up on Scientology, but didn't say anything. So you have some more things to read. What were the options again? Okay, I have. Um... Uh, what is the purpose of this religion? Um, how does God reveal himself to humanity? The purpose of life? And uh, heaven and hell? I'm going to guess they don't believe in hell. I'm going to guess the purpose of life is to kind of is to reach some sort of point of enlightenment. The point of the religion is going to be the same. So what was the... Uh, how does God reveal himself to humanity? Yes, yes, that's the one. That's the one I want. How okay. does God reveal himself? Throughout history, God has revealed himself through a succession of divine messengers whose teachings, moral, spiritual, and social, have renewed man's relationship to God and provided the basis for the advancement of human society. Among them have been Abraham, Krishna, uh, Moses, Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, and some others that would give it away. Um and <laughs> as well as other teachers whose names have not been uh, whose names have been lost or obscured over time this succession reflects god's plan for educating humanity 
which will continue indefinitely. Oh man, look, I th- so uh, if, if this kind of language would be Mormonism, except for I mean, sorry, uh, Islam, uh, except for the talk, the, the Islam wouldn't talk about Krishna. They talk about a thousand prophets, but none of the uh, Buddha or whatever. This kind of uh, you, this has to be either universalism or Scientology. But I'm going to say this is a well. All right, look. If there was prophets, I'm I'm taking your your silence as a clue here. If there was specific prophets that would give them away, it's got to be something like Scientology. I'm gonna say Scientology. Oh no, I'm afraid you're wrong. The correct answer is Baha. Oh shit. Or Baha'i. Or... Baha'i. Baha'i. Who yeah. even? No, oh, that's. So the 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 one that I couldn't name was Baha'u'llah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I hardly know anything about this Baha'i, but apparently they hardly know anything about anything anyways, <laughs> so it doesn't really necessarily matter. So Baha'i, you always see them listed as a major world religion, but what is it, there like 2,000 Baha'i out there? Uh, let's see, I just pulled this up. Hold on, I have it. Um, oh. There's estimated 5 to 6 million Baha'i around the world in more than 200 countries. So there you go. Hmm. There you go, five million these guys that don't believe anything. What a weird sort of thing. What a whole, what kind of holy book do they have? Everything. Um, it's like universalism if you're born in the east. <laughs> it's like uh, if you're a yuppie and you believe this stuff, you go to the universalist church. If you if you're in the inner city or somewhere in the uh, kind of eastern hemisphere, you go to the Baha'i place. So. Okay, here we go. Does Baha'i have a holy book? The most holy book of the Baha'i faith. Is the oh my goodness I can't pronounce these things, Kita Iqadas, the book of laws written by Baha Alabada. Uh, <laughs> it is part of a large body of scripture authored by him. So I guess apparently, uh, it has about a hundred volumes. Um, what? Yeah, but many other writings. Uh, no wait, no, no wonder they're not universal because universalists wouldn't want to read that much. Stuff. <laughs> but it says uh, many other uh, writings in the Baha. Um, are also recognized, for example, the Bible, the Quran, uh, and, and other religious texts as well. God, so. See, that's the strangest sort of thing. I mean, you put the Bible and the Quran next to each other in the, on the shelf, and they start duking it out, you know? I mean, they start punching each other in the gut. They don't agree with each other, and you have them both as a holy book? That's just, it's just weird, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, especially, I mean, you, you, okay, so you have the, you have the Quran, uh, which says that, that uh, you, you you must submit and obey Allah. Then you have the gospel, which says in the Bible that has uh, Christ coming down to save humanity. Just two completely contradictory mindsets. And so, right, that's yeah, right. And I get five hundred points for my best word. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> gospel. What an e- the easiest buzzword <laughs> in the world. Oh well, Ben's got sixteen hundred points. There's no way you're gonna catch it, Ben. <laughs> Okay. Well, do you have one for me? Do you want to do, you want to, do you mind? No, or? no. Give me another one. I, I, I was looking at this website, but I can't find anything good, and so I started to pay attention to your quotes, and I gave up the, <laughs> the track. So. Okay. Well, I'm so gonna... you better give me another one. Uh, uh, okay. Here it goes. Long ago, and immediately after our first parents were placed on this earth, the Creator provided sacred ceremonies for them because they had a miss uh, brought over their minds that clouded their memories. What? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you find this kooky stuff? The purposes of these ceremonies were, and still are, to assist two legends, also known as human beings, to re-remember their godly ancestry and to encourage following the promptings of their hearts. 
the Great Spirit's direction, direct communication uh, today. <laughs> okay, so there's a list of these ceremonies. I, I want to give you three of them. Are you ready? All right. Here's yeah. the first one. The sacrament, or called the Eucharist. Two important purposes for this ceremony are, one, to rediscover one's innate goodness, and two, to <laughs> assist... Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> what in the world? The Lord's Supper is to help rediscover your innate goodness? Holy smokes. That's like saying that glasses are to make sure you can't see. It's like saying your shoes are there to make sure you can't walk. It's like saying, it's like saying a boat is there so that you sink to the bottom of the ocean. It's like saying a rocket is there so you can uh, so you can change your socks. That's the goofiest thing I've ever heard. Or table it's like talk saying radio a points. chair is there so you can stand in your head. Or like, it's like so- saying food is there to, to 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 make the house dirty. It's like saying a sink is is, is there to uh, to to make sure the the uh, the horse gets washed. It's, it is a. Ugh. Or like saying it's like table saying talk radio water points. is there to, to give you something to drink. It's it, it's like saying okay, a, a, a okay, map we is there to it. make sure you get lost. <laughs> that is the that is the. <laughs> I've never heard something as absurd as that after a year and a half of this show, and I've heard a lot of absurd things. The sacrament is there to show us our innate goodness. <laughs> that is the that is just miserable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is it like saying that table talk radio points are there to uh, show value and, and worth? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, that's it's a... like saying a bank exists to hold table talk radio points. <laughs> okay, that's the first purpose. The second purpose in the sacrament called the Eucharist is assist in the forgiveness process for oneself. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, that's kind of a isn't that a weird sort of thing? So you got your innate goodness, and so you got to forgive yourself, probably of the sin of thinking that you're a sinner. <laughs> now wait a minute, oh, I'm forgiving man. myself for thinking that I'm a sinner. That's like trying. It's like when I was a kid, I was just convinced if I could get strong enough, I could lift myself off of the ground. I could grab a hold of my feet and lift my, and I could fly. You know, I could lift my brother who was the same weight. Why can't I lift myself? Oh my god. All right, you ready for the second of these ceremonies? No. There there's a total of All 10. Right, give it to me. There's a total of 10, but I'm what? just giving you 3. The uh-huh. the ninth of these 10 are uh, is Jesus says given for you for the forgiveness of sins. And what it, what he really meant to say is given for you because you don't need to be forgiven. Uh, yeah. Whoa. Sorry. How miserable. All right, second one. I'm ready now. The marriage blanket honors the open commitment for <laughs> Uh, of two or more people to serve the human family what? unit. <laughs> what kind of... What are you looking at? The marriage blanket? So this is the second of ten sacraments, and this is the marriage blanket to serve the union of two or more people? Yeah, to serve Whoa. the human family unit. <laughs> so there's a polygamy here. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't know where this would be legal. Are you ready, for the, going. Are you ready for the last yeah, one? Yeah. This one might be yeah. a little bit more. Revealing. Okay. The sacred... Uh, sorry. I'm trying to keep myself from laughing. Okay. The sacred prayer pipe. <laughs> two important... <What? laughs> I'm not kidding. The important purposes of this ceremony are, one, remind the participants to honor and respect the power of prayer, and two, to activate the law of synergy to assist all participants <laughs> to achieving each person's heartfelt desires. What is this? <laughs> 
bald nonsense. Okay, you've got 20 like seconds gym, to guess here. It was like Jim Jones or something. Uh, I, I, I've got no idea. You don't I, know the kookiest thing I know is Scientology. This is, is the Oklahoma Native American church. Uh, so I should have known. <laughs> Oh, All right, man. that's it for us. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like puffing your prayer pipe. <laughs> You've been listening to no Table good Talk at Radio. All. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.